So, how was Beautiful. your uh, how was your birthday then? Your celebrations and shit. It was uh, yeah, it was pretty nice. Um, what uh, what did I do? I went on a surprise uh, night in a hotel with the old missus and the baby, which was quite nice. With the baby. With the baby, yeah. So I mean, not ah, not ideal, some would say. <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a a high all ready to go, but I'll, I'll withdraw that now. Well, I'll, uh, you know, a gentleman never tells Dan, but uh, as as I'm sure you found ways to to work around having a young baby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, yeah, it's so true. I feel oh, like I've here. already said too yes, much. Here. Just get on with it. <laughs> no, it's true. What's she doing? She's downstairs watching cartoons. We've got about two minutes. Okay, go. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how um how different your sort of standards are for <laughs> who can be in the oh, room. Oh, God, it's so true. <laughs> it's funny because when you're... When you're 17, it's just anything. Anything that moves, whatever happens, wherever you are, you don't care. We're here, we're like in an alleyway. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, all right, fine. Because this may, may never happen to me ever again. I'll just take it. Let's just do it right now. Okay, fine. I may never see boobs ever again in my life. So, yes, fine. And then you get like, you get a girlfriend for a bit. There's always that honeymoon period at the first and it's like all exciting. She texts you, got sex on on today. And you're like, oh my God, when I get home, you're counting down the clock. You can't wait to get home. You get home, you just rip each other's clothes off. They're all over the stairs. You're on the stairs, in the bathroom, fucking wherever you can go. It doesn't matter. And then about six months in, you start to think, do I really want to have sex with you again? I mean, really? <laughs> Ever again. Is this is this what we're doing right now? Yeah, all right, fine, fuck it. But then you meet the woman you want to be with, and you, and it's all exciting again. You're like, yes, okay, this is exciting again. This is what it can be. This is fun. And then you have a kid, and then it just becomes a, I don't know, it's like cracking a bank vault or, I don't know, trying to do a Rubik's Cube in the dark sometimes. You're just scrambling anything. This, yes, take it quickly, go, okay. It's, it's doing a Rubik's Cube in the dark and you've only got about 90 seconds to complete it. Yeah. So true. It's so true. Any of you listening out there who've not had kids yet, Jesus Christ, embrace it because it's so much different. It's, it's so funny how much your sex life changes throughout the years. Make, uh, make the most of the time you have without them and then just, yeah, take it and run with it when you do have them. Yeah, Christ. God, I remember those times when I was with girls and I had a, like we'd get a hotel room because if they lived I, I used to I knew girls who knew girls so they would have friends who lived a bit further away we'd go out on dates or we'd meet halfway we'd sometimes get hotel rooms that's a story for another time where I got a massive bill after I trashed one once but we would then like meet up and fucking whatever there'd be like flowers and you know oh let's let's have some candles oh that'll be lovely <laughs> now it's just like just, just just leave the light on it doesn't matter just leave your pants on just like move them a bit. It'd be fine. Do. I'll take. Yeah, I'll take it. It's fine. Wherever I can get. We're running out of time. And just, yeah, and then you just you know, and then you're back to being 17 again because it's like I may never see boobs ever again now. <laughs> I just it all comes full circle. It's it's that yeah. perverse thing where for for most people you tend to have the kids with the with the woman you want to be with forever and a day. Yeah. Um so yeah, you you grow up, you imagine you know when I'm finally with the one, like yeah, everything's going to be beautiful. It's all going to be romance twenty four seven. But no, it just becomes a life of life of necessity and practicality. And there's <laughs> there's just no no time for romance anymore. You've just got to do what you got to do. Oh, it's amazing! It's so amazing. Just sixteen year old me would just be crying right now at the fact 
the, and, and when you're trying to have a baby as well, because I don't, I don't know if your kid was, was your kid planned or half planned or what was it? Uh, of of course, our baby was uh, our cherished little one was planned, and we uh, yeah, she, she was a bit, of, wink. Bit, bit of a surprise. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe we didn't necessarily mean for her to be born a month after her mother graduated uni, but that's a. <laughs> <laughs> just well, as somebody, as somebody said, as somebody said to me once, well, there's never a good time to have kids, so it doesn't really matter, does it? There's never a like, good time. No, exactly. You might as well just get it done. I was, I was decent get, time, get and I think it. it was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's because me, like me and Sarah, we're trying, we're trying to have kids for a while, and it just becomes that thing where she'll just go, oh, she going to have sex, and you just turn to her and go. Yeah, right, fine. Come on then. Fucking hell. I, I suppose we, and I you suppose both we just should slouch upstairs. Oh yeah, fucking hell. All right, let's go on with it then. Let's try and get this baby. Right, fine. Fucking hell. And then you finish. You're just like, right, just lie there for ten minutes. Put your legs up. Yeah, let's, let's leave it there. Yeah. I'll be downstairs. Yeah, all right, fine. And that's it. It's just. It's just sixteen-year-old. Just sixteen-year-old me just crying inside. I thought it'd be better than this. Oh my god, it's so clinical. I thought I'd want it. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. You get sick of it. It's the stupidest thing ever. You get sick of it. But it's funny oh, you mentioned like planning kids and stuff because where where ours happened, you know, our getting pregnant was quite spontaneous, and we you know we didn't have to try for it sort of thing. I, it makes me feel a bit guilty about saying it, not in the sense of you know oh judging about having a baby out of wedlock or anything like that, but just where I know for so <laughs> many people it can be like, absolute heathens. We're not going to get into heaven. No, no chance now. No. But um, so so many people have to try so hard, and like it can be a real struggle for some people. And it can really tear people apart where they're where they're unable to have kids, you know, lickety split sort of things. So like, it almost yeah. makes me a bit embarrassed to you know, flaunt the fact that it was very easy for me and Grace. Yeah, no, no, you mean well, yeah, we that was that was us. George's and George's an IVF baby. She was a, mm. she was um, Christ, I don't know, years in the making. As I think I've mentioned before, <laughs> like, um, a, like a good film. Yeah, it's fucking. I tell you, she's a blockbuster because it costs a fucking. Is <laughs> she, she, she CGI? <sighs> fucking hell, she's CGI, A-listers, everything. She's a. She's the Ocean's Eleven remake. Just with everyone in it. Everyone, get everyone. Christ Almighty! But it's the same, and we're lucky. I think IVF. I think the success rates are like forty something percent, forty three percent. So we 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 beat the system. We beat the odds to have a, you know to have a kid that way. So it's it's a funny number, forty three percent, because it's equal parts high and low at the same time, isn't it? Like I know, I know. But then there's people we know. We know people that haven't that haven't had kids. That, you know, uh, my wife's uh, one of my wife's best friends, Sally, has got twins through IVF. But Sally's sister went through something like seven courses of it and it never she never got an you know a baby they had to adopt in the end um which i just you know god it's just horrendous you know having to go through like seven times go through because it's people don't realize as well it's a massive thing it's injections day and night it's taking tablets it's like your wife has to like um put these like uh, like pessaries inside herself once the, the the eggs are in to kind of hold the egg there and all all kinds of fucking shit and all the time you know and if if it's uh private you got obviously you get bills coming through all the time it's fucking oh man it's crazy so to go through all that and then to not like say 57 percent chance of it not working it's just really fucking tough that's, but, that's horrendous because like and every time it doesn't work it's for all intents and purposes like you know a miscarriage or whatever and it's it's losing a yeah, baby and, as far as you're concerned 
Yeah, because you get yourself built up. Because there's so many different stages in IVF it can go wrong. Not go wrong, but there's so many different stages it can not work. So if you produce, if the woman produces too many eggs during the initial stage, they have to wait before they can fertilize the egg um, with the male sperm. So you can't, and, and that, that reduces the risk then of that of those eggs like taking hold and, and working. And if you if you put the if there's if there's too many eggs produced by the first course of treatment, you can't put the fertilized egg back in quick enough because it, there's a risk it can kill the woman, it can kill the mum. Jesus, which Christ. is just insane. I know it's insane. <laughs> and then you go you go through all that, and and even when it works, and you get to the like the pregnancy and all that kind of stuff, and even that's just a massive nightmare. Oh God, I tell you, kids, you'd have them, you'd have them well. Welcome to another episode of Two Brits, One Midwife. Yeah, Two Dads, One Puck. Before you know it, before you know it, you're putting on Peppa Pig for your kid for five minutes. You can run upstairs and see your wife's boobs for the first time in about four months. (laughs) (laughs) Funny because it's true. It's funny because it's true. So so Peppa Pig's now foreplay for you. Yeah, anytime I hear that means now I get a boner. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun, bud. (laughs) <laughs> it's a pa- I've got a Pavlovian reaction. Anytime I hear that music, I just look at my wife and wink. She's like, "No, no, no." I'm, oh, right, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just uh, sorry. I thought we were going upstairs in for a second. <laughs> oh God! You know. <laughs> oh my God! So yeah, all you younguns out there, you think we're joking as well? You fucking wait. Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! It's so much worse than you could ever imagine. Yeah, it's it's so much crazier than you could ever think, isn't it? Because I, 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 I always say I always say to people, look, having kids isn't difficult. It's not difficult. It's very simple. Keep them fed, keep them watered, keep them clean, keep them rested. That's all they want. Just and then when they get older, keep them entertained. Five things. Very simple. It's not difficult, but it is fucking hard work. It is so tiring. It's just all the time. It's. it's consuming like it's all consuming there's nothing like, yeah. like you say like when when the baby's first born you go from not having to be a parent to just being a parent there's no oh i don't know what i'm doing you're just like changing the nappy's fucking easy making you know making a bottle of milk making porridge for them when they get a bit older whatever it's all simple but it's just a 24-hour job like yeah there's no you can't get home from work and well yeah some people are, are lucky enough to have this sort of situation but you can't say right i just want an hour where i'm not a dad um you know yeah we're not parents we're just gonna chill out for a bit and then we'll get back to looking after this kid no it's it's constant yeah it's it's this it's the subconscious i found it like a subconscious thing in that even when i was i would wake up in the like you wake up in the morning and it's you're immediately on there's no like getting into the the speed of okay here we go time for some parenting no you wake up parent now you've got to go so and that's like you know when they're a baby it's just it's just insane it's absolute insanity baby's crying right oh fuck shit run through the fucking list run through all the checks okay food yeah water yeah nappy yeah fine tired right shit okay Let's go out in the car for an hour for a drive so she has at least a bit of sleep. Mm-hmm. And then you just come in and fall asleep on the couch in like your clothes with your jacket on and your hoodie. And you, <laughs> you wake up and you're like, fuck it. Like, you're coming out of some hostage situation. You're like, where am I? Where is it? Oh, fuck it. What's going on? You see those like uh, like those American GIs who get captured in fucking um, by the, uh, the Taliban and shit like that. And they've been like locked in a cell for two years. And it's like that the next day. You just wake up like, what day is it? 
What day is it? It's Saturday? Is it? Oh, cool. Okay, great. Fine. You just the, you have no idea where you are. The real mental torture should be where, you know, they rip the, the hood off the head of them, the sack or whatever, and then they've just got a crying baby in their arms and they're on their own <laughs> in the room. It's like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah. Haha, this is yours now. Enjoy. <laughs> no! No! Responsibility! And it's funny how your routines change. Because we used to have a routine where we'd take George to bed. Uh, before we before she went to bed, we had a swingy chair, put her in the swingy chair, the chair swings her to sleep. I then lift her from the swingy chair in a fluid motion into a Moses basket. Just a couple of hours, time for feed, back to bed, blah, blah, blah. And then and then it became a situation when she had a cot. Well, now we can't put her in the swingy chair and then put her in the cot because now she's like too big for the swingy chair and all that kind of shit. Then we had to get a new routine. And now we've got another routine. And now she's older. She's going to bed later. Now it's another routine. And you just end up in these little, sort of, I don't know, these little weird things all the time. And it's weird how it always changes. And you just, but again, you just learn to adapt. Again, not difficult. Just It's just hard. Hard work. It's, it's just more difficult than not doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so true. It's so, like you say, fucking coming home of an evening and you're just driving home thinking, when you're, before you've got a kid, you just drive home thinking, oh my God, going to get in tonight. Oh, I can sit down for half an hour, check my phone, go through all my fucking social meds and all that shit, get a bit of tea, and then oh, a couple of hours, watch some Netflix, play my computer for a bit. Awesome. No, you get home as a dad, well, if you're working as a dad, when you, and your wife just hands you the baby, she's fucking shit everywhere today, there's sick on me, there's clothes in the fucking thing, I've been crying, I'm going out. And you're like, bye, okay. <laughs> I've had a lovely day, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, go now, parent. Come on, and that's it. You just go into. It's like a weird kind of um. What's the word? You start. You just autopilot, don't you? I see it. Georgia says to me now, like, well, you know, when I was a baby, did you do? And I'm like, baby, I've got no clue what we did. I cannot even remember what we did. Honest to God, it was only the, five years ago. I have no idea what we did. The only proof I have that I did any parenting is the fact that you're still alive today. Yeah. The uh, yeah. The only proof I did anything right is that you're not dead. That's it. That's all I can tell you. You're not you're not, you're not you can speak a little bit of English. I've obviously done something. Yeah. Oh, it's just insane. It's just insane. God almighty. Sometimes, so that was, um, yeah, go on. Doing something isn't necessarily better than doing nothing, though, is it? In certain situations, do you, would you would you have a certain situation for that? Well, I mean, for, obviously, a lot of it relies on what something you are doing. So, take um, for example, if you just you know stepped into a new job. Um, <laughs> plucking, just plucking this out of thin air here, Will. But out of thin air, on. just just a just a random example. I'm, I'm making it up as yeah. well. You get you get into a new job. Um, you're a you're a manager of of not not anything specific, just just a general manager. And um, okay, should we say let's let, let, all right? Let's 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 say maybe of a maybe of a a, a professional sports team. Yeah, how about that? Sure, oh, that's that's actually yeah. perfect. Because so you come into oh, okay. a new job. You've got you're a manager <laughs> of a professional sports team. Um, 
and then your best player, your top employee, your uh, you know, the the sort of oh um, what's that? The something that stirs the drink. What's that saying? The spoon that stirs the drink. The, the whatever it is. Oh God, straw. The straw that stirs the drink. You've got a drink. No, you're a sports team. Your best player. No, a sports team. Sports yeah. team. You're not a drink. You're a sports team. Uh, and your best player yeah. thinks, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. And um, it just so happens that you've come on at such a point where in a couple of weeks you can just say, ta-ta, see you later. No further compensation for you. Um, yeah. See you later. So he's, he's gone. And you're at the point where you could either do something that might be a bit sensible, but maybe you're not you know, able to do that because you know your best player's gone, so maybe the things you wanted to do aren't necessarily possible anymore. Okay. You could do nothing and you know, sort of leave your leave your your roster as it were as it is and uh, and let things work out naturally, you know, not make any rash yeah. decisions after a bit of a heartbreak. Yeah, okay. Or you could do something rash, ill-advised, short-sighted and quite frankly ignorant. Um and to, you know, to close out this example, I believe I've just worked out that this is a very good example because we have a real-life example of what Lou Lavarello has been doing, not doing, for whatever the fuck reason, uh, at the New York Islanders, because he's clearly, clearly finally gone senile, Dan. <laughs> These are the signings that only a 75-year-old man who has been working seven days a week for the last 30 years would do, because his brain has finally cracked under all this pressure. Now, come on. Are you not enthralled and excited by the possibility of seeing Ross Johnston playing in the NHL? When I first saw that announcement, I thought he was like the assistant equipment manager and they were just like extending a nice, you know, oh, you know, we've not got a lot going on. We've signed Ross Johnston, our assistant equipment manager, for another four years. Well done, Ross. Thanks for the great work you've done. It did, like, what is, what is the point? The, the beautiful thing I saw about this Ross Johnston thing, for, for anyone who doesn't know, Ross Johnston, a uh, career AHLer, um, assigned for four years and four million dollars. So he's getting a million a year. And he's a guy who's played less than 30 NHL games and was very ineffective in those games. But the beautiful things summing up Ross Johnston's career that I saw and the absolute damning evidence against his signing was a video of him trying to fight Rich Clune of the Toronto Marlies. Have you seen this video, Dan? Do you know what? I actually haven't, no. Oh, mate, it's fantastic. So it's from the Bridgeport Sound Tigers versus the Toronto Marlies so the season just gone. I think yeah. the Marlies are up like 5 or 6 nil in the third period. They've absolutely destroyed Bridgeport. And um, Rich Clune, bit of a notorious AHL scrapper, stuck around with the Marlies for the last couple of years. And um, Johnson's just trying his hardest, doing his best Zach Ronaldo impression, trying to fight Rich Clune, trying to get Rich Clune to, to want to fight him. And Rich Clune is doing... Like he's basically ragdolling his upper body and just skating around. Like he's not responding to anything Ross Johnston's doing, and that's just like this guy is is a career enforcer and fighter, and people don't even want to fight him because he's that much of a non-factor. Like the guy's a fucking idiot. Like Lou's just signed. <laughs> I don't know. He signed an empty jersey. Is what he's done for four years. Do you think? Um... <sighs> Christ, there's the obviously the Komarov signing, Phil Puller signing. They brought back Martin back. Is Lou? Uh, oh god, there was someone else. Who else? Who's the other guy? Uh, I mean, there's Val Philpula, uh, yeah, Jan, Jan Kovar. Oh, Jan Kovar. 
Yeah, Jan Kovar, that was it. Well, Jan, Jan Kovar's a great signing, if you ask me. Oh, no, no. But I'm saying, like, he's, he's signing for, like, it's, it's, isn't it one year? Like a one year, mm. two million dollar deal? Exactly that. Is Lou in the process here of conducting a sneaky tank? In the sense would... that I'm going to sign some players who can play, but we all know they're not that good, really. I'd, I'd say in... I'd say he is, but <laughs> like Jordan Eberle, Anders Lee, um, Adam Pellek, who's like a, a young uh, young defenseman for him, Brock Nelson, young forward for him, Anthony Bouvelier, are all signed <laughs> for less, a lot less term than all of the aforementioned players apart from Phil Pilar and Kovar. So, like... Oh, you make a if fantastic you, point. If, you, if you're just trying to tank, like, he's planning on going into the tank basically until Matt Barzell can, uh, can claim his pension. <laughs> it's... I don't... Yeah, I, I don't... I, I get that idea. Like, if you're picking up Cromerod for two years, if you're, you're picking... Like, Kovar's a fantastic sign, and I can't overstate that enough. Um, he's been over a point per game player centre in, in the KHL for the last couple of years and and he's only 28 he could easily transfer to being a fantastic 2C in um, in the in the NHL but I the the other problem with, with um, Lou going into the tank is he's signed too many players like yeah there's... this was something yeah this is something I, uh, I I said to you that you mentioned to me that what the fuck's he doing they, they now have like he's not managing this these spaces at all. He's he's looked at this roster and said, right, I've got two gaps in forward. I better sign six forwards. Like, <laughs> what he's 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 signed so many players that out of pure NHL guys, if you exclude players like Josh Hosang who played in the NHL last year, and then players like yeah. Keeper Bellows and Michael Dow Cole who could be looking at you know challenging out of um out of training camp sort of thing. Yeah excluding those players he's still going to have to scratch two forwards and and they're probably going to be the forwards that he's just signed like one of Matt Martin or Phil Pler or Ross Johnson is going to be a, a scratch or something it's just it's loopy he's got like nine bottom six forwards on his team it's very odd it's very odd very I mean, odd we, very odd we are oh god Christ I mean, we look at teams all the time and we say, Jesus Christ. I mean, we've done it with the Sens enough. We did it. We talked about the Blackhawks and they've got something like five players taking up, what was it? Something like $38 million in cap space. And you look at the Anders now and you just, holy shit. I mean, Eberle and Anders Lee are coming up UFA. Unless they've signed in the past couple of days and I've not heard about it. I'm, I'm looking at Cat Friendly now and they have not. <laughs> yeah. Why would they stick around? Like Jordan Eberle, good player. Anders Lee, I mean, on that contract, unbelievable. For for that, for what is he? Three point three point seven? Is he four? Something like that. Three point seven five, and he's a thirty goal scorer. Thirty goals, yeah, thirty goal scorer. Past two years, past three years. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, and again, that's it now. What? But apart from Matt Barzal, really, what have they got to be excited about? Uh, what they have to be excited about, Dan, is that uh, in three seasons' time, so the 21-22 season, they have five forwards signed contracts. Do you want to guess who those forwards are? Oh, God. Andrew Ladd. 
Adru lad. Yep. Is Cal Cutterbuck one of them? Cal Cutterbuck is one of them. Yes. <laughs> oh, Komarov. Leo Komarov. Ross Johnston, obviously. Ross Johnston and the last piece of the puzzle. There's an obvious one. I'm mi- There's an obvious one, isn't there? I'm really an obvious one. I'm missing. I'm really obvious. Signed, uh, signed this summer. Not well, re-signed this summer, shall I say? If that's not giving it away too much. Who re-signed? Oh, Josh Bailey. Josh Bailey. So the only would, good you know what? I wouldn't, have got, I wouldn't have got that unless I, in a few yeah. years. I'm not, I can't Josh claim. Bailey. I can't claim that. I can't claim that one because I wouldn't have got that without the clue. But that's fine. Have. And and it's not to say that. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a good thing or or whatever. Like it's absolutely awful that all of those players are are signed that long. Yes, yeah, it's not to say it's bad that he hasn't got many forwards signed that far in the future. I'm sure not many NHL clubs would do, but the fact that he has like yeah, Andrew Ladd has absolutely flopped. He's a fine third liner, but he's getting paid like a bloody second liner, and then he's yeah. got three arguable fourth liners signed long term. The year after the lockout, they're going to come back with three fourth liners still on their books. <laughs> Fucking idiots! You know, I and it's it's been said a lot in the media and stuff in that. Why does Lou get so much praise? And how many of these, like uh, how many of these Maple Leaf deals and players that were brought in, which ones were Lou? Which ones were Dubas? And yeah, you start to wonder, don't you? <laughs> I don't, I don't and when, like when the Shanna plan was like you know obviously this someone you know it was like you know the Shanna plan is taking effect like Lou is out Dubas is in and everyone went oh well like yeah he probably got that right I think he got that right <laughs> we can all say I'd that say now. so <laughs> obviously it's not purely Lou's fault that Tavares left but there is something beautiful about oh who's better you know who was driving the bus Dubas or, or Lamorello who's going to be the better GM in the long run and Lou loses out on Tavares to do most of all people. Like, it's just, it's poetic. It is crazy. Jesus, but, which I mean, God. Seriously, right now, I mean, you know what? We need to, we need to. Uh, we'll we'll save this for the uh, like, you know, again while we're off. But we need to look at the sort of the state of some of these bad teams, because it feels to me like teams are either really well set up maybe they're not super favourites um, you know teams like the Sharks you know set up well okay they've got some good players they've got a chance they've always got a chance like like I, I know about the Bruins okay in a tough division but they've got a chance you know it's not guaranteed and all that but then some teams you just look and think this is an absolute fire this is a I mean this is Beyond disastrous proportions, and now and, and the Islanders now are in that are in that situation for me. Well, I, I love that you brought up um, teams that are in a good situation and set up really well because I was I just took a couple of minutes this week to really let it sink in how well run the St Louis Blues are as an organisation. Oh yeah, just Jesus to Christ! A I mean, even if you ignore the the bounty of UFA signings they've made this year. Um, they are an incredibly set up organisation deep as you like at forward and D and their highest paid players are earning seven and a half million dollars on the cap which is just loopy absolutely loopy I know we always praise um, you know, Stevie Y down in Tampa for uh, for being a cap wizard but I think um, Doug Armstrong needs a, a bit of credit 
because he's just yeah for sure yeah you know, not necessarily sure. through driving down the price on contracts um you know extensions or anything but just just being savvy I think. And another guy, you know, not afraid to not afraid to make deals and make trades, is he? No, you know, absolutely uh, not. It is, po- you know, we, we lament all the, t- you know, we to be fair, we we kind of will sometimes um, people who watch hockey and sort of delve into it a bit deeper, like we do, will we'll, sometimes we'll just parrot whatever's being said instead of actually really looking at the cold hard facts. And every time we get to trade deadline and we go, man, nothing ever happens, it's bullshit. But now there are GMs out there who fucking will make moves and will get things done. And Doug Armstrong, for sure, for sure, is uh, is one of those guys. It really is, and um, and not at the expense of his farm either. He's got no, they've got some fantastic prospects that are still to come through, like Clem Costin, Robert Thomas. Yep. Um, Jordan Cairo this year they've drafted Dominic Bock who could be a fantastic little winger for them they're just so set up it's it's, uh, it's disappointing really to be honest uh, you know, especially <laughs> being a Stars fan in the Central right. and, uh, well we're both now looking at we're both now looking down the barrel of, uh, of teams that have got way more than us aren't we as fans yeah absolutely it's going to be a uh, going to be a dangerous year for both of our teams I think yeah but hey you never know do you you never know fucking hell Caps versus Vegas you never know I thought it was um, I, I read this week it was interesting about um, because I'd messaged you saying uh, about obviously the Blues fucking uh, picking up Patrick Maroon for fucking like 1.7 1.75 which is fucking ridiculous and I read it this um, at the start of free agency he was offered a deal by the Blues a multi-year deal for around 3 or 4 million Um and then it's something to do with his agent or something. And it was said that he'd had sort of better offers and things like that. So the Blues obviously then signed David Perron. I think it was a 4 by 4 It was. So then Maroon switched agents, changed things around. And now he's and now he's with the Blues. And I find that interesting. And I wonder... I don't know. I wonder why that would have... I can't even think why that would have happened. Because if he'd have had really, a really good offer from somewhere else, he would have gone somewhere else. I don't know. I, I suppose if it was before they'd you know made the O'Reilly trade, of it, before they picked up Bozak, it might have been less of a you know down the middle. They're less um, less enticing. Like I, I forget who wrote it this week, but someone wrote a fantastic. I think it was Jeremy Rutherford wrote a fantastic piece on how Pat Maroon has signed with a club that basically no matter which line he plays on, he's going to play with a very good centre. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's cool. Tyler Bozak, a very good centre, might be a bit of an overstatement, but there are a darn sort like there are loads worse um, third line centres out there than Tyler Bozak. If you get stuck say, yeah, on the third you, line, if you can, yeah, if you can run Tyler Bozak on your third line, you know you your roster's looking pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely laughing, especially you know if you have chemistry between Bozak and Maroon, and you can chuck them out against other teams' third lines or, or bottom sixes. You or your yeah, even if it frees up the Tarasenko O'Reilly line for. If they end up taking the first lines, the second lines, either way, the Blues are going to be set up at forward in such a way that someone's going to be playing on someone else. That's true. It's true. Really good. Really well set up. Really well set up. Definitely a team to watch this year. Definitely a team to watch. It's going to be uh, going to be exciting. Um. Yeah. What do you want what? to go with, Christ? I don't know. What have we got on the um in in the cryptic crossword this week, Dan? <laughs> the cryptic, should we do some con- should we do some contracts and things around there? Um, obviously, Kucherov this week, eight oh, years, yeah. nine and a half million. 
Um, it's good. Another another good bit of. Well, not quite wizardry. It'd have been wizardry if he'd have got him at eight years and four point seven million or something like that. But I think <laughs> if he just fucking jibbed him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two two years, five point two. You've earned a raise. Yeah. Congratulations. It turns out. It turns out, Nikita, we've actually got pictures of you with a bucket of fish. So I think you'll find that this this eight year one million per contract is probably the best thing you're going to get. So pictures just... with a bucket of fish. Is there is there something in Kudrov's you know religion or culture that says he's not allowed to be photographed with buckets of fish? I don't know. It's a joke I got from Bottom years ago. Oh, terrible. So I just I just ran with that one. See now um, that's got that's not going to um, fly with either the young audience or any uh, anyone across anyone the pond, really. <laughs> I don't know. The young, like you know, the young ones. That, yeah. that, that's that's like well known in America and Canada. That's a well known thing. And oh, I think okay. if people have seen the young ones, they will have seen. Because people who like British comedy will always seek out. Okay, they'll seek out Folly Towers and Monty Python immediately. Those are the two things everyone knows. But then from there, they'll start to say, "Oh, what else is good?" And people will always say, "Watch the young ones," and then obviously from there, watch Bottom. So. It does play. It does play. <laughs> to, to be fair, I've never seen either, which is a bit... I've seen Bottom in, in passing, but I've never sat down to watch a whole episode or anything, which is a bit... The Young, the young Ones is um, anarchy on TV. It, 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 it's complete insanity. It's complete... If you like that kind of insane, slapstick, stupid uh, college-type humour, you'll be fine. But The Young Ones is one of those shows that you watch, I watch other shows now and I go, oh, they got that from The Young Ones. I know, okay, I know what that is. Same with Seinfeld, like America, like Seinfeld in America. So many shows are stolen from Seinfeld. And they may not stolen because it might just seep into subconscious, but so many shows are heavily influenced. Go, oh, yeah. yeah, that's from Seinfeld. And same in England, like, or like you know, the UK, watching shows over here, I'll be watching and think, oh yeah, okay, they got that from The Young Ones or they got it from Black Hatter or you know, that kind of era, so... But nowadays it feels like, oh, from from The Office or from any Armando Iannucci show, really. Yeah, it's fair, yeah fair point. Or Black Mirror, basically. Mm. That's only um, if you're serious, though. That's true. The, uh... Interesting, the Kucherov thing, because now, obviously, the Lightning have got... Because they signed, uh, obviously, McDonough as well to a big deal. Hedman's already signed through to a big deal. Stamkos is already signed through to a big deal. Um, they're going to have to sign Vasilevsky in the next couple of years, you would think. Uh, are they going to have room for Eric Carlson? How are they going to How are they going to move him around? You think? How are they going to get him fit in there? Well, Stevie Wise says it's not going to be a problem. Um, obviously, even no. even before they signed Kucherov, if they wanted him this year, they were going to have to move someone around to. Yeah. Um, Accommodate for Carlson's what is it six point one something like that six point two six flat yeah, some something laughable what whatever it is um, but yeah long term I mean most of the Lightning's forward well, pretty much all of the Lightning forwards apart from Ryan Callahan who are earning a wedge that you'd have to get rid of assigned for at least four years so pretty much anyone you would have moved out for um, for Carlson is gonna. Yeah, if you want to accommodate an extension as well, you could just move out that same sort of package. So I think there is some some sort of truth to what he says about, you know, we're not going to have to make any different decisions that we were going to have to anyway. They've got players coming off the books at the end of the season anyway, like Dan Girardi is 3 million is up after next year. 
3.7 coming off for Braden Coburn, 4.5 for Anton Strawman. And you think if you've got Hedman and McDonough lined up, signed up long term, if you get Carlson in and then you've got Sergeyev as well, that's a top four right there and you can interchange the bottom six, bottom two. Frankly, you're never going to have to play a third pairing. But then if... Yeah. Just just a four defensemen all year. Um, but then do you think, like, obviously at some point, when Sergeyev, because he's going to have to sign his... I mean, oh, mind you, it's Stevie Wine. It'll probably get him on like a $2 million contract or something. Six years, um, two, two million. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Two million a season. It's interesting that maybe the, the Lightning are going to go with like, okay, well, if they get Carlson, right, we've got we've got six kind of what you would maybe call studs, and then oh. we're just going to have to fill up around like we're going to have to fill up around that with what we whatever we can get. And and you think, and you think that, the way that that's set up, um, you can you can take bits away every year when certain players need raises, and those players are going to if you trade them off for for picks or young players. It's going to be like a self-fulfilling sort of thing. Yeah, you can get you, the system almost. You think, yeah, exactly. How how Stan Bowman did it so well for years, just you know, yeah. getting rid of when you had to get rid of, being a bit ruthless and taking in young, cheaper assets when you can, and then just sort of you know, keeping the wheel the wheel turning, sort of thing. And I have every faith that Stevie Y could run a, a team that way. So you think, yeah, a lot of people have been saying JT Miller's the one for the chop this year because he's basically the only forward who's earning a decent amount of money that doesn't have any trade protection. Yeah. If you trade JT Miller, he's a versatile forward, can play all three positions. He's earning 5.25 mil against the cap. I think he had, what, 50 points this year? Oh, no idea. Let's, let's have a, let's have a quick little find. peaky week. No, 40 points in 63 games, though, and he had 56 yeah, the year before, 43 Blah blah blah. He's a young forward who scores for you. He's going to slot into anyone's top six easily. Um, that's going to get you a decent package. That really is. That's going to get you a second and a good prospect. No, he had fifty-eight this year. He is fifty-eight this year. He's doing quite well for such an old man. Yeah. Oh, he had fifty-eight. He had forty with the Rangers and then eighteen with the Lightning. Oh shit. Oh, would you look at that? Your boy can't read. Well. Even even more, but fucking. There you go. What's his value? His value's just gone up. <laughs> As, yeah, but I was going to say, a 25 year old 60 point scorer, you should be able to get a first round pick out of that, I'd have thought. Yeah, true. But yeah, or that's. An Eric, an, Eric, an Eric Carlson with some bits. Oh, Eric Carlson with a couple of bits, does he? <laughs> but it's exactly, and then further on, yeah, if you want to keep, you're going to have to make a choice between Sergeyev and McDonough at some point. You're going to get decent bits back for that. You have the opportunity to to you know, keep this thing rolling for years and years to come. Worst case scenario, you can't do that. And you've got a three-year window, basically, where you can just steamroll teams. And if you don't win a cup at that point, you uh, there's more more in, uh, more that's wrong than just your, your roster management, isn't it? It is interesting, though. Like, they, you know, same with the Leafs as well, making these moves. It all looks good. But if you don't win a cup... You look like a fucking, you know, you're going to get called out crazy. It's going to be, oh, this method's wrong. Why did they do this? You know, you think, you know, it's a squad game, blah, blah, blah. I'll be because I'm interested if. I'm also interested as well in the, in the sense that. Two things. If Carlson. This is going to be my concussions talking if I can't remember the second thing in a bit. If Carlson does go to the Lightning this year. Is it just going to be a case that the Lightning, the Leafs, and the Bruins all beat each other up so badly 
that none of them are going to make it. Do you know what I mean? Like in the sense that the Jets, you know, the the after the um, the fight, the conference finals, the, the Knights said, "Well, we just thought the Jets and the Preds beat each other up so much that they were kind of ripe for the picking." We kind of thought, you know, we've got a chance here because they're just going to be done. And they did in the end, you know, they just looked like they just ran out of ideas and out of gas. And you wonder if that's going to be the same with like, you know, the Lightning and the Leafs and the Bruins all playing in the same in the same division. Well, I could all make it through. I could see that being the case in the playoffs, in the sense that yeah, you know, all three of them are almost locks to make the playoffs. There's as much as you can get in what July fourteenth. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Two of them are going to play each other in the first round. And then whoever gets the winner of that is going to be the one who's going to prey on the one who's probably just been beaten up by whoever. Yeah. And I can say, but I don't think that's going to be a problem during the regular season, really. Like, cause it's oh, no, not, no, no, yeah. It's not like, you know, that all three of them are going to get to round one of the playoffs and just be absolutely done. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe not done, but, you know, like, if, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're playing in a, Say they're all with say they're all within sort of I don't know say five points of each other or, or six points with each other with sort of ten games left or something and you sort of you know you're pushing for that home ice and you want to get it and you want to finish first and you know you've got to keep going because you know that's the fucking that's the mantra and all that shit you you it's more that than say than if the Blues are like fucking twenty points clear or, who, or whoever whichever because we just talking about the Blues then but whoever whoever in their division is like twenty points clear and they think you know what we'll be all right. We'll just rest up. We'll be fine. And they just, you know, they just kind of coast in, and they can rest a couple of players, or they, you know, they scratch a couple of players for a couple of games or something. And yeah, you I think, could... well, but I think, just, but, you know, with, with the Atlantic being so, there being such a chasm, really, like, and Florida being the only team that looks like they're gonna try to sort of bridge the gap. I, th- I think all three of those teams are going to be so comfortably in the playoffs come the stretch that they are going to end up just resting players. And then, yeah, you know, if point. if they if their coach and GM are, are smart enough about it, they'll say, right, we don't care whether we qualify first out of the division, second, third out of the division, fourth. Let's just you know we're there. Let's just rest up and and save our energy for the important bit. Yeah, yeah. And haha, a victory for me over my brain and concussion problems. Do you think? Because it it came out. Uh, the end of after we recorded the show last week, uh, I think it was on Saturday or Sunday. It was that the stars had then sort of retaken the lead in the Carlson sweepstakes, and I thought, I wonder because, like we said, JT Miller is the only guy who's got any kind of who's not got any sort of uh, trade protection or anything. Yeah. Can you see a situation where they've gone to maybe Tyler Johnson and said, "Okay, Tyler." Because you hear about it all the time that players, oh yeah, well he had to agree, you know, he had to agree to forego his no trade, but he did it for the good of the team and the team that he loves, and that maybe the Lightning Stevie Wise gone to a couple of players like maybe Tyler Johnson, Alex Kalorn, I don't know, someone like that, Anton Strollman maybe, and said, we're thinking of trading you to the send, and they've just gone, fuck off, I'm not going there. Get out <laughs> it's of just okay. Now there's a problem because now these players that you thought you were going to trade are now saying, I'm not fucking going to Ottawa. No way. There's no fucking way. You're, you're asking me, Steve, as well. to leave South Florida with the sunshine and the weather and a, and a, a team contender. that's yeah, a perennial cup contender and you want me to go and play for Eugene Melnick. Okay. You, want me to leave, you want me to leave South Florida 
where I can stick my organ in a bevy of hot beauties to go and play for a man who might maybe harvest my organs for his own nefarious means. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's not going to happen. And I'm wondering if that's something that's, that's, uh, that's maybe a bit of a stumbling block here. I love the idea of like these players being around the area for training during the summer, because why would you ever leave South Florida? And like, yeah. whenever, whenever, whenever you see Stevie Y like, at the other end of the corridor, they just start running away from him. Like, I don't have to say no if you don't ask me. Well, it's not even that. Like, I imagine, I don't know, like, like I said, fucking Tyler Johnson or something is just... He's like he's just in his fucking apartment in Florida, and his friend. Where are you going on holiday? And he just points at, like over there to the beach. I'm, I live here. Why would I go anywhere else? <laughs> I already live on. Ho- I live on holiday, and they're just like they're just ducking Stevie at the beach, you know, at the fucking local fucking Starbucks and stuff like that. <laughs> They'd have to go anywhere on holiday. They live there. If they go to Ottawa, they'd be coming back to Florida to go on holiday. I'm not fucking doing that. I already live here. You can fuck off. There's no way. You're asking me to pay to go on holiday to live the life I'm already living, Steve. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I need a bursary of some kind. I need a holiday budget from you personally. Or it's that, not happening. That's why it's going to have to be JT Miller. Or, yeah. funnily enough, the only other forward who's making decent whack at the moment, who's uh, not got any trade protection, is... Uh... Nikita Kucherov. <laughs> See you later, Nikita. Well, yeah, of course. There you go. Thanks for everything, Nikki. We don't really fancy paying you out nine and a half mil, so uh, ta-ta for sure. now. Yeah, because Ottawa are going to want more than just a JT Miller, aren't they? They are. They're just... So that's... like they've... We can give you JT Miller. Okay, and, and then... <laughs> Dorian's like, and then... <laughs> no, that's it. JT Miller and a first. And then... There's... I can't give anyone else to it. And that's fine. Just hang up the um, phone. We've got an unused bundle of CCM sticks. How about that? <laughs> we've got a banner from fucking... I don't know. Some fucking event. Or, you can have a banner. We've got some banners left hanging around. We've got some old t-shirts that we had made up. From, uh, We're going to send them to kids in Africa, but you can have them if you want. There's those. It's a, it's a banner from when we opened up the new Hyundai retailership in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in Tampa Bay. I, I love the idea of... of um, Stephen White trading Nikita Kucherov for Eric Carlson and Mark Stone. <laughs> and just be like, whatever, not a problem. Really fucking juking the system. <laughs> Chugging a first and a prospect in there, but bam, comes back with a quality forward and, a, and an incredible defenseman. Yeah. And just doesn't doesn't miss a beat. And then he starts, because Mark Stone's an RFA, he then signs Mark Stone to the old Nikita Kucherov contract, three years by 4.7. Suck it, Mark. Welcome to Florida. Jesus, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Do you think... um, God. Where do you think Carl stands up? I I just don't know. Because I think with all the speculation that's been... The reports that have been released, I'm firmly in the conspiracy camp of it all coming from Ottawa. It all being yeah. Dorian trying, trying to drive up the price. Trying to drive up the price, absolutely. You know, when you hear, yeah. oh, it's almost, you know, there's going to be a trade call with Tampa, oh, it's almost there with the stars. Like, oh, you know, uh, bloody Real Madrid are coming in with a little offer for him. Like, it's just, no. Nah. Oh, fucking Ronaldo. How insane <laughs> was that? 
Mad. Absolutely mad. That's why I wasn't making That's a point fucking... there then. Um, <laughs> no, but I was just like 100 million for a 33-year-old. And it, it was like it broke in like maybe 20 minutes in two spots. Because I read Twitter and went, Ronaldo linked with Muti Ventus. And I was like, Juve? No way. And then it was 20 minutes later, the picture of Ronaldo in like, you know, the Juve background. And I was like, holy shit. He's <laughs> got the fucking Juve. That's insane. I, I think it's insane because it's one of those ones that you read on like the gossip column. Like, oh, there's talks of Lionel Messi going to, to Man City. Oh, Ronaldo to Juventus. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And we've actually seen it. We've actually seen it. That was fucking crazy. So, yeah, that blew, blew my mind. And no one's really talking about it. I've not seen any real kind of... No one's going crazy about it. Or it's just like, yeah, he's going to Juve. Hang on a minute. I love it, though, because Juve have just sold Buffon to PSG, haven't they? Did, did they sell of... him, or did he just go as a free? Oh, I think, well, yeah, he, he's, gone to, he's gone to PSG anyway. And I was like, ah, oh, fucking hell. And then he just <laughs> they come back with Ronaldo, like, whoa, <laughs> okay, okay. I, I didn't realise that Juventus have won seven Serie A in a row <laughs> it's, yeah, it's before insane. signing they've Ronaldo. Like, like... They've done something like four doubles or five doubles in that time as well, something stupid like that. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> just since since coming back from being relegated to Serie B, like... Yeah, for cheating, for match fixing and all that. They've just kind of gone from strength to strength. And it's now like, it's it's now a a kind of, they've become a team that people want to go to now. And they might say, well, Juve are in the conversation. Like, oh, really? Fucking hell, Juve, yeah, that'll that'll be all right. Fucking it's amazing. And you think that, yeah, Ronaldo might be 33 or whatever, but he's absolutely going to tear apart those Italian teams. (laughs) Yeah, he's not like a regular, he's like Zdeno Chara. He's not a 41-year-old. He's a, you know, he's a, he's, he's a, a 32 player. year old, like. Yeah, Ronaldo's still, but you know, he's like 26. He's getting those, um, he's getting that fucking deer antler spray and all that kind of shit. He's getting those um, Christopher Reeve uh, fucking. What's the thing he's doing in South Parks? Uh, oh God. What, stem cell. Stem cells, yeah. You know, fetuses. They're sending Christopher Reeve fetuses to uh, Ronaldo. That's what it is, and he's getting younger somehow. I was, I was reading something where Ronaldo was doing an interview with, I think, like Marcher or something, one of the one of the Spanish um, football magazines yeah. or papers. And apparently, Ronaldo was bringing all these stats, like his own likes of biometric data, to prove why he's not like his body is younger than his age. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just mad. Like, yeah, it's funny. you oh, think of you think of footballers as like these just boneheads who make loads of money for kicking a ball, like. Nah, Ronaldo's like a sports scientist. I'm a huge Ronaldo fan. I'm a huge Ronaldo fan. I, uh, I'm i of the opinion that if you're that good at something, yeah, fucking flaunt it. Why not? If you're that good, then fuck, yeah. Show off. Do tricks. Fucking stand there in the centre spot and celebrate you you're some kind of god. Why, you know, I would if I was like that, if I was that talented. Jesus. On, on a slightly similar thing to that, do you remember when Justin Bieber was going on an absolute bender a few years ago and just being like a right <laughs> knob? Yeah. I was all for it because I think, you know, he's just living out the dream that we all want to live. We all like yeah. to think, like, oh, if I had all that money, I just wouldn't care. I'd do whatever I want. No, Bieber was actually doing it. And big up Bieber, big up Ronaldo. <laughs> big up Bieber because he's not dead. Because if I, when I, was, I think when I was 18, what I was doing, I didn't even have any money. And I was still coked out of my fucking face and drunk most nights. And he, he survived. And he had, like, literally tens of millions. I was working off, like, I don't know, about 200 quid a week. <laughs> and he's, like, 
<laughs> and he's he's not dead. That's amazing. That's amazing. Shout out to Beeps for not being dead. Well played, son. Well played. So it's basically the the Ronnie Wood of um of two thousands pop. No, that's different. Because Ronnie Wood, like, <laughs> he should be dead. It's not that Bieber's like Bieber's not dead. Well done, you. You have some. You had some kind of level of okay. I'm not going to do that. Whereas Ronnie, Ronnie Wood just no. I think he he's the Mister. You know what? In the Simpsons, where they try and push all those germs through that door, but Mister Burns has got so many problems that <laughs> none of them can get through. Ronnie Wood is that. Well, the, the whole, all of the stones are that. They're all just collectively beyond. They're so far beyond death that they're alive somehow. I don't know how. They're not nosy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, anyone from that time? Anyone from that time? They've done so much shit that it's all kind of counterbalancing. It's kind of all the heroin, all the cocaine, all the weed, all the LSD, all the fucking PCP, fucking whatever, ecstasy, anything, drink, fags, women. <laughs> fucking everything they've somehow found the absolute perfect balance of all of it where none of it takes over the system it's all just living nicely in one go in like one sort of harmonious little ecosystem inside their body it's beautiful so that's really. why it's a bit it is beautiful it's a beautiful thing and that's very much like uh, Eric Carlson so <laughs> um, is it like Eric Carlson? <laughs> no not at all uh, what was I going to say about Eric Carlson? yes yeah, I don't know where he's yeah. going to go. Go trying on. To, yeah, the to, yeah, obviously, yeah, we said... Cause it, yeah, because it came out, but basically, yeah. I was expecting an announcement to be made. Obviously, going through Twitter, oh, yeah, it's going to be, you know, might be a conference call in a minute. It looks like it's going to be announced. And then, just silence. And it was almost kind of, everyone was just waiting, like, go on then, hurry up, get on with it. And then nothing happened. And you just, yeah, like you say, it's obviously just Pierre, you know, trying to drive up the price. Because I think, we've said before that, Okay, he's going to leave. He wants to leave. He's got to get out of there. It's full of bad memories, like personal reasons as well. And you, okay, he's going to leave. So teams are probably going to them just saying, well, it's better than nothing. But if you're the Sens, do you just say, you know what, fuck off. I'd rather let him to, because if it was me, I'd be a little bit, I know it's the Sens and it's, you know, the way it's been run over the past year has been nothing short of horrific. But at some point you think, okay, you're not going to fucking take the piss. All right. If you want him, you pay what he's worth. Or I'll just let him go free agency. Because I'd rather lose him than have somebody just fucking like rinse me. Do you know what I mean? I'd, yeah, I'd, I know what you mean. But I'd be so shocked if, if they end up letting him walk. That'd be loopy. I can I can see it. What, I would. Matt but he's so... In November last year, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think it was. It was like a month then. or so into the season, so I could see it ended up like that, where Dorian's just holding out and holding out, like you say, like, oh, don't try and make a monkey out of me. Let's let's try and actually do a proper deal here, and then get into November yeah. and being like, right, stuff it. What what have you got? I'll just take it. Whatever. I'll take bloody Corey Conacher and uh, and half of Anton Strongman. Whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever you can offer me, I'll just take it. Obviously, that's a little bit different to the to Deshane deal because they got a really good haul out of it. Colorado yeah. did, but yeah, I can I can see him waiting to not quite the death, but longer than you'd imagine, and then just taking what he can. I don't know. I don't know. I'm fifty fifty on it because you think, well, okay, if he's gonna go to free agency anyway, then 
the team that wants him wants to do their best to protect against that. They want to get him and get him signed if they can to an extension immediately. So not so that doesn't happen. I mean, so Dorian can just say, look, if you want him, you pay for him. Like, you're not having him for nothing because we're going to get nothing out of it anyway. Like, we have to get something. Because then you can just, you can then say, well, that's fine. If you don't want to give me the going rate, or to be fair for Carlton, more than the going rate, then I'll just let him go free agency. And you can fight out with every other team in the league. So it's your move. But surely, like... They can't just have seen what happened with uh, with John Tavares and then let it happen to themselves, surely. I don't know. I, I know GMs are dumb and Pierre Dorian has proven he's dumber than some of them, but like, I can't, I can't see him. Just you know, John. Like we said before, maybe last episode, or the episode before, like John Tavares has broken the barrier now. Like it can happen. A superstar can go to free agency. No matter what he says about loving his club, obviously Eric Carlson yeah. doesn't love his club, but there are no, you know, nothing sacred anymore. It can't be worth the risk. Because I, I highly doubt that, you know, teams might be playing hardball with Dorian, but I highly doubt they're offering him, you know, Brave Ross Johnson in a fifth. It's still going to be a package that maybe it's not what Eric Carlson's worth, but it's going to be more than you could get for, you know, your average defenseman. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's it's going to be a package yeah. that's going to be more used to the Sens next year and beyond than not having Eric Carlson and having saved face. Is no, I agree. I agree. But um... oh, I'm gone. I'm getting some. I'm getting some reverb at your end. Oh yeah, I can hear it through my headphones. Yeah, Ooh. that's weird. I can yeah, hear it's... my voice. Oh, it's gone now. That's weird. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> we'll carry that's on. Very, very odd. I don't know what's uh... going on there. No, it's fine. No, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. But you wonder what the offers are, don't you? For, the, for him not to have gone yet, they must have been... Oh, I don't know. Like you I, say, probably, yeah, they're probably just trying to drive up the price or whatever. It's, it's got to be Dorian holding out for you know, someone like Sergeyev, Miro Heiskin and Cody Glass, Cal Foot, Matt Barzell, like, you know, some someone that's a little bit more than, than other GMs are willing to pay given the circumstances. No, you're right. You're right. But we it's, we will uh... find out, Dan. I think... Well, again, I just don't know what to think. Like It's going to happen at some point. That's the, that's the one thing I do know. And it's going to be exciting when it does. Yeah, it is. I can't wait. Um... Buzzing. <laughs> yeah, we started off talking about contracts. So... Mark Andre Fleury, oh, man. getting that money for the twenty-one million over three years. Jesus fucking um, Christ! What do you think about this deal, though? Just paid seven million a year for three years for a um, what thirty-three-year-old goalie? Yeah, uh, so, uh, that never never goes badly, does it? No, a thirty-three-year-old goalie that has just um experience the the mind bend that was the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights inaugural season I'm sure that's you know, very <laughs> a good representation of what he's going to be able to contribute to the position for the next three years I know I don't know what's going on with Vegas I'm I'm, I'm worrying now about Vegas this the, is it are they just <laughs> was it all just luck was it was it all a dream 
It was all a dream. Because Tavares wasn't even ever going to be a thing. Well, it looks like never going to be a thing. They seem to be out on Carlson. Their names have been mentioned the past few, well, the past month or so. And at the trade deadline, it looked like they were the leading team that were going to get him. But that was that was like a six-piece deal, and like, I, I doubt anyone's throwing in six pieces now. Yeah, true. But yeah, I think it's uh, it's an interesting position that uh, that Vegas are in because it seems a little bit like they haven't stayed the course as far as solely thinking about the future. But at the same time, I mean, making a couple of free agent signings doesn't necessarily hurt you in the future. Um, true. Making trades for players like uh, Thomas Tatar and uh, Ryan Reeves maybe hurts you a little bit in the future. Then re-signing Ryan Reeves to uh, what three Ross Johnsons worth is it? Or, or rather, what, one and a half Pat Maroons. <laughs> one and a half Pat Maroons. Oh dear. Right, yeah, hey. I know. It's a it's a funny one. It's a funny old one. They've, um, I mean, their cap's still in pretty decent, um, pretty decent nick, I think. Like after the next two seasons, so 2021, they've got Stashney, Tatar, Riley Smith, and Jonathan Marsh, so at forward, and Braden McNabb and Colin Miller, uh, at, at D. So they've done well to not just throw, you know, money at anyone and everyone. I think to an extent they were wise to not bring back Neil and, and Perron for the money they they were getting. Yeah. Because you'd certainly hope that players like you know Cody Glass, uh, Nick Suzuki are going to come up and sort of, um, you know, take those spots within the next few years, and you want to keep that sort of flexibility. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. They haven't necessarily mortgaged the future, but they're they're moving a bit strangely. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, another goalie making some monies. Uh, fucking, uh, well, as far as I can say, a great deal. Connor Hellebuck, six years, uh, 6.16. Yeah, I, I think that's... I like that a lot. You? I, no. I do like it, but <laughs> I'm a little bit hesitant just because he's only had okay. one... I know he's only 25, but he has only had one good year. He's only had one outstanding year. True, but I think this is one of those situations where if you don't sign him, I mean, what are your options really? Like you had, you kind of, I, I feel like they almost had to sign him. I, I do feel like there was no choice. Yeah, so but to not get him for that, not necessarily for six years and six point one. That that said, this this could go one or two ways. It's either going to be. A not very good deal. He's going to go back to being, you know, maybe not a Vezina caliber goalie or whatever, or him bid a bad goalie, yeah. or he's going to be a perennial Vezina candidate, and you know we'll be saying our oh, bargain contract when you compare it to the likes of um, Kerry Price, what Bobrovsky is going to get eventually. Like you know, the fact that they've got him for six point six and not ten point five is going to be fantastic potentially. So it could be a really good deal. I think. Yeah, in some ways they've done well to sort of straddle it, but it's the thing with goalies. Goalies are voodoo. Like you, and I suppose you do have to roll the dice and, and take a risk on on ones that you're confident in 
in sort of thing. I'd, I'd rather take that risk on on Connor Hellebuck than a lot of other goalies out there. So fair, fair play to him. Yeah, exactly. 20, 25 years old. You are. It's like football. You know, you get you pay in like you know back in the day you pay thirty million for an eighteen year old Rooney. Okay, he's cost us thirty million, but we might have him for the next ten years. So. You know, we we think he's going to be good enough in the future to kind of repay it, and that's you know, that, I think that's what this is. Okay, twenty five, coming off a of Vesna season, surely he can only get better. But again, you never know. But you know, injury, maybe whatever, blah blah blah. But yeah, I like I like this deal. I think it's a good deal. Um, it was interesting that you mentioned um, Carey Price there, because it seems that maybe. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> Put the Canadians in this in this fucking list as well that we're talking about with the Islanders and the Sens and maybe some others. I think we've got about twenty eight teams on this list, haven't we? Yeah, fucking hell. Well, that's the thing. It seems to be that teams are either set up really well or have possibles, or teams are just—it's just a disaster. And there's no, there seems to be no. There's maybe like one or two teams kind of in the middle that are like, nah, they're all right. Fucking hell. Max Pacioretty told not getting a new contract. Um, it came out. When I was reading on this, that there was a a deal um, done with the Kings, but it fell through because they couldn't sign out a sort of a contract extension. So that's why they moved on then to Kovalchuk. Um, what's going on? What's going on up there in in uh, Montreal right now? Um, I I wouldn't want to play up there if I was a defenseman. I'll tell you that. I'd, I'd worry about my ankles and my knees and everything in between. <laughs> Literally both, just all of both legs, everything. That is that's such awful bad luck for for Shea Weber. The fact that yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, he's uh, he's now been ruled out until at least December. With uh, was it knee surgery he had second? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. So he'd been recovering from ankle surgery that he had back in when some some point early on last season, and um, he had to delay getting this new knee surgery until June just gone because he had to wait for his foot to heal so he could put weight on the other foot <laughs> while his while his knee heals and now he's out for he's gonna basically have missed a year of hockey. And I that is... thought it was gonna be like small, didn't they? They didn't expect it to be a big thing and then it ended up being, oh shit, this is way bigger than we thought. Yeah, they thought he was gonna be fine for camp and uh, and now he's probably yeah. gonna miss half the season. So uh them's the breaks kids. But I think that's gonna be why is, why is... Why is Patrick not getting a new deal up there? Because he wants to stay. Unless unless he unless it's come out through his agent or something that he wants mega money or something. I, I think I think it's been made quite obvious that um, you know Patrick wants wants his penance sort of thing because he he understands that well, he's yeah, been on true. a bargain contract for what he's been contributing to that club, and I, I understand true, that true. being the the hiccup in the road with with him signing with the Kings. The Kings wanted to sign him to, I don't know, maybe a, a JVR type deal or like you know something like six by six million or something. And Pacioretty seems, you know, this is basically un, un, uh, uh, what's unconfirmed, but yeah, it seems like he wants a payday. He wants to get Tarasenko money, sort of thing. Which, yeah, hey, the guy's been banging in goals for the last few years and barely earning anything more than Ross Johnson, so. You can't, you can't really fault <laughs> him there. Um, oh God! And yeah, he, he just he wants his revenge. Basically, he's he feels he's been underpaid, which he has been, and and he wants that that windfall. 
So I can see why the Canadians wouldn't want to pay him. But, yeah, it's odd, isn't it? It is odd. It does just is seem he, like that, get, the franchise is not him anymore. He's basically... Is he going to get that? Go on. He's basically a new PK. They've decided, right, we've gotten rid of PK. Who can we uh, Who can we turn on? Oh, Max, our captain and uh, you know, leading goal scorer for the last 75 years. Like, let's, uh, let's run you out of time, town now. But is a team going to... Even, even if he's not staying there, is another team going to give him that deal at 30 that he wants, that mega money deal? Does he not have to... Although I was saying that. I mean, this is going to lead on to something I was, I was going to talk to you about, but... It just seems at the moment like every single player who's got any kind of name is getting an eight-year contract. And I'm just thinking at some at some point, every single player is going to be on an eight-year contract at the same time. And no one, there's, going be, there's going to be no trades, nothing. Nothing happens for like eight years. Because all these eight... Because now, that's all it seems to be. Is it right? Eight year con- I want an eight-year contract or I'm going. And the, the teams go, okay. Like anyone who's like even remotely... Not remotely good. All the best players now. Okay, you're a guy. You want to stay here eight years. That's it. I'm not taking any more, any less. They're all going to be on eight-year deals with no trade clauses, so it's physically yeah. impossible to trade for any good players. Or maybe Drew Doughty because he did his own one. But aside from that, fucking idiot. <laughs> to be fair, TJ Oshu signed eight years when he was thirty. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. And who, who would you rather have on your team, Oshu or Patrick? Yeah, but see now. <laughs> Oh, she was de. I thought oh, she was. De- I thought oh, she was decent in the playoff. Again, not great, but that contract now. Every decision, any decision, any GM makes. You add a cup to any decision, it suddenly looks like you know what? Not that bad. Yeah, but <laughs> he signed that before the cup. <laughs> no, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Now, now he's now he's got a cup to go with that contract. Now it's like, eh, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe it's all right now. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like TJ Oshu isn't a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's been no. great for the Caps. But yeah. it was just to say that you know, if TJ Oshu can get an eight-year con- contract at age 30, I certainly hope Max Patrick can. Max Patrick. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if, he, if he does sign a, an Oshu sort of size contract. Would he get eight years and 56? Am I making that up? No, eight, yeah, years, that. eight years 46. So I, okay. could, I could see Patch getting eight years 56. Yeah, true. And that wouldn't be unreasonable. That'd be what, just shy of seven million? Maybe it'd even be seven million. It would be seven million. All the nose. Yeah, yeah. But even that, wouldn't you? If you're the Canadians, don't you keep that shit in house and not just broadcast it to the entire world, so that every team now is looking at him, going, "Fucking hell, he's not even going to stay around. We could probably, we could do something here. We could maybe get like a little sneaky deal going on or something." You've just announced it to the entire league that you, we don't want this guy. He's not staying. We don't like him. Give us all your stuff for him. No. no not at all. You just told us you don't want him, you idiots. It's like uh, like GMs are just trying to out-dumb each other at the moment. Like, you know, Bergevin's looking at Dorian trying to, trying to get rid of Eric Carlson and trying to tell every single you know journalist that he can find that he has been traded. Bergevin's like, hmm, how about... Um, I tell everyone that I don't want match patch any anymore. Yeah, that'll be perfect. What I will do is I will drive the price up by telling every... This is Jean-Claude Van Damme playing Mark Bergevin in the film. What I will do is I will tell every single team that we do not want him. That way, 
every single team will put a bid in for him and I can drive the price up that way. I am a genius. Look at my suit. I have to go. Goodbye. Uh huh. Artemi Panarin genius. is one of the best in the world at what he does and he just told his team that he does not want to resign. Maybe I will tell the media that I do not want to resign Max Pacioretty. Yes, that works perfectly. <laughs> Just bizarre. Just bizarre. Spoiling. We don't want this guy. We don't like him at all. So, what are you going to give us for him? <laughs> How about a bag of pucks? Mm. And some crisps. <laughs> some crisps. Oh, I'm going to okay. throw a baguette on top. <laughs> Alright, let's calm down, shall we, before we start <laughs> going down the overtly racist road. Jesus. Welcome to Love Thy Neighbour. <laughs> you know. Well, it's two Brits, one pack. We're allowed to hate the French, aren't we? Do you know what? This is bizarre, but me and Georgia were talking today about Paris because we were talking... I can't remember why, but we were talking about... I don't know why, but you know what? The way kids just kind of... Oh, but you know, when your daughter's old enough, kids will just come out with something and you're like, what? What are you talking about? We drove past the pylon and she went, Dad? I said, yeah. She went, is Eiffel Tower as big as that pylon? I was like, no, George, it's fucking huge. Like, it's massive. You, there's a restaurant on it. You can walk around on it. There's toilets at the top and stuff. Like, it's like there's lots of people can fit on it. It's massive. She went, oh, okay then. She said, can we go one day? And I went, no. And she said, why? I said, because I hate France. I'm sorry. Not the people, not because of, you know, the classic England versus France, blah, blah, blah. But when I went on holiday there, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the food. I didn't enjoy the people. I thought Paris was a toilet. I hated it. I just didn't enjoy the place. So I said, we're not going. So that. <laughs> That's just like that's bizarre that that's just come up. That that description makes it sound like you thinking Paris was a toilet it wasn't an opinion, but just an honest mistake. Like, oh, I thought I was in a portaloo, but I'm actually in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Oh, my mistake. But I'm the same with big cities like that. I fucking I hate London. I can't stand it. Sorry, Will. I know you're from. Is it you're south of London, aren't you? You're uh, like city centre boy, are you? Uh, well, I grew up in London, so. I can basically claim yeah. to be a double-hard Londoner for the rest of my life. Uh, there you go. Sorry, mate. I fucking I hate the place. I can't stand it. I need a. I need greenery and space and not a billion people fit into the size of a postage stamp, which is like what all these big cities are, and queues, and sweatiness, and tubes, and underground stations that just stink. No, don't want that. Don't like it. I'll, I'll give it to you. Obviously, you're not from Manchester, but Manchester's got to no. be the cleanest city I've ever been to. I was thoroughly amazed by the fact that such a big city and a, such a metropolitan area could actually remain clean. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're taking the piss then or not. No, no I was being <laughs> thoroughly, thoroughly serious. When, when we got there, I was like, oh, it's like London, but it's not filthy. What the hell? Which parts did you go to? Because clearly there <laughs> You clearly avoided the fucking group disgusting uh, yeah, Beirut sized parts. We we didn't go to <laughs> We didn't go to the city centre. We were um where's the uh, where's the gay district in Manchester, wherever that is, because we, we played in a gay bar. Canal, which is quite Canal fun. Street. Canal Street, yeah, if you want. Yeah. That's what it's called. It's it's called it's called Gay Village for some reason, but it's literally a street and there's sort of shops and bars around it, but the one street, Canal Street, is like the main kind of gay area, like the gay hangout. It's I'm also gonna... a great night out, like fucking down Canal Street. It's awesome. It's a great time. Oh, we, we had a great time when we played there, yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. 
Anyway, it ended with a, that's very much us, uh, us having <laughs> a smoke after the gig, and a, a very inebriated man came up to us in in the middle of the gay corner, saying, "I want to find a pub, but like a normal pub, you know what I mean? Like a, a normal God. pub with normal people. Like, I'll just go in there, mate. Yes, yeah, just what you're looking for." <laughs> people i think he did the right thing i hope i changed his life i hope he finally realized that his uh blatant homophobia was um just him not wanting to live his best life <laughs> yeah it's true the people who are so anti-gay are normally gay they just can't handle it it's, it's john wayne gacy all over again he's killing all those boys and they're under his house because he can't handle being a homosexual that's all it is it's fair enough i'd probably do the same yeah. no i think i'd enjoy it i think i could uh Mind you, I'd have to get a lot better looking and a lot more, like, better body. Oh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd be fine if I was gay. I meant if I couldn't handle being gay, I'd probably just kill loads of kids. Would I? Hmm. Something I to do, isn't so. it? you got to channel that rage properly, haven't you? I suppose. <laughs> channel that rage. <laughs> channel that rage. That's not how you channel rage. You When you're channeling something, it's towards a like a good goal. You don't channel the rage into murder. That's just murder. Well, it's, <laughs> it's a goal. And who are you to say that my goals are not good? Do you know what? I always imagine like these mass murderers who end up burying bodies under the house and shit. The neighbours must look out. Like Fred West's like neighbours. They must have looked out onto his patio at some point and gone to like their missus. He's fucking out there again, you know. He's out there working. He's always working, isn't he? Absolute fucking trooper. Jesus, it's <laughs> he's mad. A, he's a grafter, that Fred West. <laughs> he's always doing up that house. <laughs> Tell you, he's fucking missus. She, Rose, never fucking happy. Never happy. Always decorating. Jesus. Fucking Fred, I tell you. What a grafter. <laughs> then you're like, 15 bodies. Oh, always working all that garden, isn't he? I know. Out. And it's always the smell and like people always just say that like, John Wayne Gacy's house absolutely stunk. It's because there's 26 bodies buried underneath it. Of course I... it's gonna smell. And no one ever like did anything about it. Just people, just that. Yeah, let him live his life. Just leave him alone. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. It smells like a uh, smells nope. like dead bodies around here. Oh, I wonder why that <laughs> yeah. is. I wonder why that is. Good no idea. Couldn't possibly tell you. Hey, speaking of not wanting to uh, not wanting to be somewhere, our Tommy Panarin. Um, <laughs> doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to live in Columbus, does he? You, and it's uh... not even one of those. It's not. It's not even one of those um, reading between the lines. His agent said something, didn't he? Like he loves the team, loves the people. They've all been great to him. But I mean, you know, Columbus. Come on. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's essentially what he said. It was. Uh, he, he had a um, his agent Dan Milstein had an interview with uh, Aaron Portsline of the Athletic. Where he just basically went out of his way to say he loves the team, he loves the coach, he feels like he's not going to be treated any better anywhere else. He just doesn't know if he wants to live in Columbus for eight years. It's like, fucking hell, mate. Like, of course, it's eight years as well. Eight, eight years, mate. Eight years. Like, he's even even saying like if it was a two-year contract, we'd have signed it already. Eight years, probably a bit of a problem. Like he's he's put no. Yama Kekalainen in, in such a rock and a hard place because like, Jesus, yeah, what what can you do? What can, what can you possibly do? There's no way of, of of like you can't change the city. He he could have even was... he, uh, Panarin could have even said like, I just don't like the jerseys. 
I don't like the jerseys. I don't like the arena. I don't like um. No, I don't like whatever. There are so many other things that he could have said that he doesn't like that could have been fixed or changed. But no, there's nothing, nothing he can do about it. It's it's funny because you say about players like, you know, oh, just be honest, just tell the truth and shit. And then when they tell the truth, you kind of go, ah, oh, you shouldn't have told the truth. <laughs> you should have lied. What a dick. <laughs> Why did you say that? Don't say that. Don't say that. Like, yeah, he should have said, you know, he should have been some like, when I grow up in Russia, it is cold. We always freeze in our house. Ever since that time, I look at thermostat, it is blue. I hate color blue. I cannot stand color blue. I have to play for team, not in blue. I hate blue. So Columbus after then. Shit, we play in blue. What are we going to do? Uh, just to slack off the, slack off the city. Let's change to red. This yeah. is, mate, like... There's, there's, they're stuck basically. Like, I think if you, they if can't you're... win in a situation either. Oh, they I can't win. If you're serious about being, you know, um, up for signing a two-year contract, sign him up for two years. Kick the can down the road. I suppose. Put it back on him. Because like, yeah, you know, if, if you sign two years, two years you've got him for three more years because you've got this year and then the two after. <laughs> if he has two yeah, more eighty-point point. seasons, ninety-point seasons, you get an absolute haul for him. Or hell, even sign him to that two-year contract and then trade him anyway, because then you've got three years up in there, and you're going to get so much more than just one year. Yeah, sign him for yeah, sign him for two years. Let him play awesome this year, and say to him, if you play awesome this year, we'll consider trading you. Because if you get a guy, say eighty-point season, even if you have seventy points this year, you're looking at a guy who gets one hundred and fifty points over two seasons. You get an absolute fucking bucket load for him if they're going to get if the team that's getting him gets him for another two years. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous. Oh, there you go. They can win then. I was wrong. There we go. Sorted. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> fucking. Right. Who else is going? Patch ready. Get in here. We'll fucking sort you out. Uh, Easy this GM lock, isn't it? I know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Actually, d- uh, yeah. I was going to say about the fucking Coyotes taking on this, on the uh, fucking Marion Hosa contract. Oh, mate. Like that. That sort of um, passed me by a little bit, that. What did they, they? So they got rid of Marcus Kruger, and who did they get? They got um, Chicago. Hang on, Chicago. Yeah, Arizona. Arizona got obviously they took on the host's contract. They got Vinny Henestrosa. They got Jordan. Is it uh, Westerly? Westel? Oh, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Westerly, I think. Westerly. There you go. And a third round pick in twenty nineteen draft. Chicago acquire Marcus Kruger, Jordan Mulata, Andrew Campbell. And the rights to Mackenzie Entwistle and a fifth round pick in the 2019 draft. Fine, absolutely fine. Like, it's weird that the Coyotes are still making these trades. Yeah, that was the th- that was the only thing I was going to say to you was I thought the Coyotes the co- I always say Coyotes weird. I thought the Coyotes were past this point now that they weren't this team anymore. That was just kind of yeah, dump him over there. You know, it's like the Coyotes were basically you, you know you're covered under the stairs. <laughs> like, do you want to keep this? Eh, I'll put it under stairs. Yeah, right. And then you, you like two years, you go, fucking up. Marion has Marion hosted contract still in here. How did do we do we ever use this? No, we never used it. Oh shit! I guess we'll throw it away. Yeah, I guess so. And that's just you know. And I, but I thought I thought they were past that now. It's it's weird. Like I, it's yeah, very confusing. Because I like yeah, I thought they'd be done with that sort of nonsense. But looking at their cap, they're. I mean, there's not too much wrong with it, really. 
they've um, they've got the space to have him. And and again, if you can use that to um, you know to advantage, and you can get so it looks like Hindustros is a decent young player. Like Osterley is a fantastic young player. I think he he's going to be good for them. Like he can walk into their top six really. Um, yeah, and you get a third round pick out of it. Why not? And hell, you can get rid of Marcus Kruger at the same time, who is probably a bit more of an anchor than you want to want him to be. Basically, all they've taken on is two year, two two and a half millions worth of salary. Not even that, maybe. Yeah. And they've got I mean, Dave John, Boland's contract coming off the books after this year, so yeah, they haven't. Yeah. That's the thing; they haven't like anchored themselves. But it's just it feels like the Coyotes are just on repeat, really, isn't it? I don't know. John Chaker said that. The, the two guys that they got, Henestrosa and... Um, oh, God. How do you pronounce his name again? You just... See, Osterley, Osterley. Osterley, Osterley. John Shaker said that those were two guys that they were looking at. He said, if you look at... He said, if you look at Vegas, you don't always have to, you know... Basically, you don't just have to go after the big fish. You can find players in good positions who've maybe not had a chance that you can utilise and utilise well. And it looked like more... This, From what he said, it looked like more that... Arizona were looking at those two guys in Chicago went, will you take Hosa's contract then? And they kind of went, oh, okay. And then, you know, obviously the other bits ended up having to kind of be worked out. So it's interesting. Makes a bit of space on the, uh, makes a bit of space for the Blackhawks. Maybe a move for Skinner or Pacioretty maybe. Maybe both. I don't know. Potentially. Um, uh, the problem is they took back, um, took back uh, whatever his name is. Oh, Marcus Kruger. Marcus Kruger, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like that's, let me let me have a little look. I think that's sort of hamstrung him a little bit more than it could have. Back, back to Vinny Hunstroza. He's a player who, in 50 games with the Hawks last year, played at a, a half a point per game pace. So he got 25 points, and he was almost a point per game pace in the AHL as well. So he's on. He's a prime candidate for being one of those Vegas type players to contribute yeah, sure. if you put him in a position to do so. I mean, they've apparently got about nine mil left. Um, the Hawks there you go but they've only got nine forwards signed <laughs> have they I didn't even look at that oh that's, god uh, oh god yeah that's a little bit of an issue I thought there was some sort of glitch on Cat Friendly but uh, no they don't have four lines <laughs> mm. and, and that's not even with you know they haven't got any unsigned RFAs they've got nobody who needs a contract Obviously, yeah, you can you can pull players out of the out of the miners and stuff, but looking at it here, I I don't know who they're necessarily going to bring up. I, I mean, I don't know the um, the Hawks um, sort of depth charts too well, but yeah, I don't think you want to pull three players out of the AHL for your for your open and night lineups. That'd be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, it will be actually. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got nine forwards and six defensemen signed. Fantastic. Yeah, because now of course, even if you are gonna maybe pull out a trade or something, you've got what you're gonna trade with. You literally have to give up all of your picks. Maybe or yeah. something. I mean, they've or got like, some decent you know, prospects, but they're the ones that you need to keep hold of. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, mm. this is yeah. This is. I feel like Bowman's sort of painting himself into a corner now. Is this is this what was, is this the thing? Is this uh, are we going to be sat here in five years working for Sportsnet <coughs> and um, maybe talking about Steve Eisman 
All right. Oh, you know what happened in the end? He just did a Stan Bowman. He Bowmaned himself. <laughs> he, he fucked himself over. <laughs> He's he, had all these fuck- he had all these no trade clauses. He had five guys taking up 50% of his cap and he was fucked. <laughs> he ended he, up signing all these players for like a million dollars. He's been Bowmaned by his Bogart contract. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like this is a position that a team would want to be in before July 1st. Maybe not, you know, two weeks after July 1st. Two weeks after, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, wow. That's really just blown me away. I've, I did not notice that until you've just said. I, I didn't even know Christ. either, to be honest. And like, like Chris... <laughs> Chris yeah. Kudis deal that was like it was like a necessity yeah they signed Chris Kudis for a million please <laughs> yeah why they signed Chris Kudis for a million dollars they need bodies we need warm bodies that have seen ice hockey rinks before help us we need units anyone we need to replace these scarecrows who are going to try and fit into yeah. skates <laughs> oh I was going to make a joke then but you wouldn't have got it oh Ah, there's, a, uh, there's a wrestling there's a wrestling promotion in Japan called DDT and they do you know sometimes wrestling companies will do try and do funny things or comedy or DDT in Japan does the absolute best comedy wrestling of any promotion ever like they've they have a belt that anybody or anything can win so or anything like, go on Yes, yes, anything can win. So they've had, if you ever see clips, if you ever look, if you ever need a laugh, it's in Japanese, but it doesn't matter because it all makes, they, the way they pace it and the way they uh, do it all makes sense. It's called the Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Championship. And champions of the belt have been like a houseplant, a teddy bear, a schoolgirl, a taxi driver, a referee, a ladder. The th- there's been over 1,000 champions because you can win and lose the belt in all kinds of ways. People have lost the belt playing rock, paper, scissors, noughts and crosses, connect four, um, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. They've had weird things where there was two wrestlers, they started a match, they then disappeared out of the arena and obviously just disappeared. The match was still carrying on, but as fans, we didn't know that. The next event... It shows them fighting in the street somewhere. <laughs> like the match is still going on. Like like a week later, one of them gets dropped into a river. So the other guy wins by kind of forfeit or knockout or something. He then hails a taxi. The taxi driver gets out, hits him, and then pins him. So now the taxi driver's the champion. <laughs> and then he speeds off in the car, like with the belt. Oh god, dude, it's absolutely unbelievable. The one thousandth champion of the belt was the belt. <laughs> so they had well, a match where this okay this is genius they had a match where a guy won the belt and then he he was like the 999th champion he lay down on his back exhausted from his match the ref put the belt on his chest and the guy never moved so the ref counted the pin because the belt was on the guy's chest so the belt was the belt's champion it's genius absolute genius a guy lost from eating too much food like somebody set him a somebody set him a challenge to eat all these dim sum so he had all these dim sum and just like passed out from overeating but as he passed out he was eating a dim sum and it just kind of fell on him so like a dim sum was champion (laughs) because the dim sum pinned the guy because he passed out dude just so self-referential and like ripping it out of wrestling full stop 
Yeah, totally. It, they it, they totally take the piss out of themselves completely, and it's so well done. It's so funny. So funny. The other guy won the belt by leaning on it. So, well, after the belt was champion, the referee came into the room and kind of said, like, like didn't know where to put the belt. Like, what do I do with this? Like, this is the belt. The belt is also the champion. What do I do? He put it down on the arm of a couch. A wrestler came in, sat down, and just, like, leaned on the belt with his elbow, not even knowing it was there, and the ref counted it. So the guy pinned the belt to win the belt. It's so stupid. These Japanese referees are on it. Oh yeah, totally. But anyway, so in DDT, they have a blow-up doll, a sex doll, called Yoshihiko. And the wrestlers will wrestle this doll. Yeah, I've seen this before. Yes, and they're so good. This is the thing. People think it's dumb, but these wrestlers are so good, they make it look like a real match. That's how that's how good they are. That they make you like, oh my god, I'm, why am I watching a guy wrestle a blow up doll? Because it's entertaining as shit, and that's what's happened here. <laughs> it's like they just. <laughs> Do you know what it is? I've even forgot my original point now. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have the Yoshihikos as the fourth line of the uh, of the Blackhawks. There we go. That was it. Yeah, it's gonna have to like, gonna have to have the Yoshihiko line. It's gonna be they're gonna have to have. Um, like Patrick Kane on, like they're gonna have to have him on the second line now, but they have to tie a blow up doll to him and pretend it's his second, like his his teammate who's like skating next, like right really close. And to they'll, him. Have to, they'll have to have to play yeah. Kane at centre, and he could have the two of them on like elasticated things as his wingers. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, it'll be the Yoshihiko line. Oh god, like little puppet strings set up. So <laughs> yeah, so you can so like shoot and bars of them. Yeah, every time he moves, they move. Like they, they'll do the same motion as him. Oh, a bit like, uh, a bit like table football. <laughs> yes, exactly like table football. Exactly like table football. Oh my god, fucking hell! That was a long way about getting to that point, but it was good. It was a fun journey. It was a, a, really it was a fun, fun journey. journey. Once I start talk, once I start talking about that championship, I can't help myself. It's so funny. So, any of you listening now, just go on Wikipedia and just Google the title history of the Iron Man heavy metal weight championship from DDT it's hilarious it's so good it's so good and uh, while while you're on your computers compose a, a nice letter and uh, get your CVs out to Stan Bowman because he is hiring and he, uh, he needs help now <laughs> yeah this is where they need like a hockey temp agency just like you just ring you just ring them up yeah we need a guy for a few like a, a couple of years can you can you send him over yeah sure he's got any experience yeah he's played before okay that'll do yeah just just send him over We'll, we'll pay him on a weekly basis. It's fine. I'll, I'll take league minimum for for the Blackhawks fourth line role. Oh, happily. Yeah, of course. <laughs> did you read? Uh, Probably as not. We move on here. <clears throat> no. Did you read the uh, John Tavares um, piece in the uh, the Players Tribune? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. But I did understand that it was a piece in the Tribune to. Um, New York Islander fans, written by John Tavares. Do you know what it was, right? <clears throat> I listened back to last week's show, and I think I swore more times in that John Tavares segment than I maybe swore in the entire history of this show. Um, when I get caught up in the heat at the moment, I wasn't quite <laughs> aware of what I was doing, but I was very angry at the Islanders fans mm. for being so stupid. And for like burning his jersey, and it's all his fault, and blah blah blah. When I read this article, I thought, "Oh wow!" Now, 
I may be going a little bit back the other way. Because if you've not read, if you're, if you, if you're listening to this, you've not read this article, imagine the New York Islanders is John Tavares's wife. I know he's not, I know he's engaged, but imagine he's married, that's his wife, right? And he leaves his wife and he writes her a letter. And the first part of the letter is, honey, I am so sorry. You, you, you grew me as a man. It was everything I ever wanted. It was so good. I had the best times. Oh my God, we made all these couples, friends together. Do you remember those double dates we used to go on with Jim and Kelly? Oh, it was fabulous. They were such good people. We had such a laugh. I loved your parents. They looked after me so much. It was like having a second set of parents. It was beautiful. And I'm really sorry it had to end. I'm, I'm just so sorry it had to end, but that's, that's the way it's gone. And, and I feel it's time for a clean break. And I'm just, I'm really sorry. And then the second set of the letter starts with the line, but let me tell you about this new bird I've got. Fuck me. Holy fuck, she is so fucking fit. That's how it played out. Because the first part of the letter was, oh my God, the Islanders, they mean so much to me. Interestingly, what you said last week about Gar Snow and Doug Waite. He said that Gar Snow, he just led him through his younger years. He helped him grow. He protected him. He made sure that he got to... Even though there was all this pressure on him, all this hype on him, he never let him feel as though he was expected to do anything. He was just encouraged to do things. He said that Doug White and his wife were like his second parents. He got to stay at their house and, you know, they, they, they treated him like he was one of their own and all this kind of thing. And then, you know, just playing with the Islanders, like, you know, how much fun he had, all the friends he made, all the, all the good times he had, all these players. But then the second part of the letter, which was longer was about how much the Leafs mean to him <laughs> and how much he loves the Leafs and all his memories of the Leafs and all the memorabilia he had of the Leafs and Leafs and Leafs and Leafs and more Leafs and so many leaves just leaves everywhere and I thought wow I if I read that as an Islanders fan I'd have been pretty pissed off because I would have thought you motherfucker I would have like I said last week about if I was Tavares, I'd be pissed off with them bringing in Lou and Trotz now. Okay, you had all this time to change things around and you never did it. If I was an Islanders fan, I would read that first bit and think, oh, wow. Okay. You know what, John? I appreciate it. You thought it was time to move on. That's great. By the time I get to the 17th paragraph about how much I love the Leafs and what it means to me, I'd be, I would be setting fire to his shit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> None of this ever meant anything to you, John. <laughs> like, this whole time you were mad. in Brooklyn, in Long Island, like, just one eye on the Leafs. Like, oh, I wish I was there. I still love you more. Yeah. I just had visions of him going home in the evening to, like, to Brooklyn or fucking wherever he lived. And he sort of gets into his bed sheet. He gets into bed at night and stuff. This is when, like, obviously when he's single. And he looks, he's kind of, he just looks around the room sheepishly goes under his pillow and pulls out his jersey like his leaf jersey and just like oh he just snuggles down with it oh, i missed you i've not seen you all day Get, gets home you. pulls on his leaf's jersey and loads up the uh the leafs game from that night on his dvr it's like, oh no don't don't ruin the score for me <laughs> yeah. he's, playing, he's playing nhl 18 with himself like top line center for the leafs like and tavares scores the leafs win the cup <laughs> he's crying in his living room and all kinds of stuff but it was mad. I thought it was absolutely crazy. I, I was blown away. Because I was expecting a full thing about the Islanders. And at the end, maybe just the kind of... 
I've, I've enjoyed my time, but I felt it was time to move on. I hope you appreciate my decision and I hope you respect it. You, some of you may not, some of you may, but I just want to say, you know, thank you for all the times you've had. And, and I promise, you know, I really did try my best. No, <laughs> that, that was the end of the line. And then it was like, like I say, 15 paragraphs of this is how amazing Toronto is. A, a dissertation, yeah, a subtitle, my, my love for the Toronto Maple Leafs and how it has never wavered. I, honestly, if you get a chance to read it, get, you know, read it because it's absolutely, it absolutely blew me away. It blew me away. It's just like, I don't know how poor Islanders fans, poor, poor Islanders fans. And it's like, it's weird, is it? Go on. I was, I was going to say, like, they, they could have, you know, after Tavares left, they could have been like, right, we've still got Barzell, we've still got Everly, we've still got some decent players, like, we can still be a fun team to watch and just had a great draft. It's going to be, yeah, things are going to be all right. And then the great white hope of Lute just makes all these signings. And it's like, oh, no, he's broken it even more. He's kicked yeah. as well as down. Senile, senile Lute's got the, got the keys now. He's got the keys to the car and he's going out for he's going out for a drive at seventy five years old, running over people and not realizing it. It's like, it's like you know, just they've been locked in. They they're walking into the room with Lou. Lou's like, come on, we're gonna have some fun in here. It's gonna be really good. You know, a really good few years. It's gonna be fun. The door slams behind them. The bolts go. They're just like shackled to the wall and just watching him like <laughs> murder their parents. <laughs> <laughs> not like this God. yeah no not like this you said it was going to be better than this oh dear yeah so like even the Canadians as a Bruins fan I mean <sighs> even I'm now thinking fucking hell <laughs> like this is rough because when it first happens you just laugh you're like ah they fucking traded PK for Shea Weber awesome and then like, oh my god, they traded Sergachev. Ah, this is great. But now you get to the point where I'm thinking, all right, all right, that'll do. <laughs> like, come on. It's just a bit sad, really. Yeah, that was just a bit sad. I've got a friend who's a Southampton fan, and the same with Portsmouth. He just said, yeah, they're just a team now. Shit. <laughs> they're just nothing. They're just, it's just boring. There's just, just nothing there. There's nothing to like laugh about or banter about or talk about. They're just a lower league team just going through the motions. Just as sad as every other lower league team. Yeah. What um, what are league are they in now? It's one or two. They're Jesus. not in the championship. They dropped that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were close to, like seriously, they were legit close to going out of business. Like a couple of teams have been. Well, I, I know they were in administration yeah. when they bought like all of those players that had a good season. <laughs> yeah, that one good season. When uh, whenever I thought Portsmouth were going to be the next Everton, and uh, they turned out to just be the next Portsmouth. Yeah, they just turned out to be the new Portsmouth. Um, what was I was going to say, yeah, I remember saying, you know, like I said when we when we first ever started talking, like why I picked Boston was that I like I like hatred in my sports. I like to root against other teams. I need that. I need that thing of like right now, Stephen Gerrard can eat a fucking bag of dicks. I hate him. Every time, like, there was a... You know, sometimes on Sky Sports, they'll have, a, like, they'll have, like, a review of a Premier League season. It's on for two hours, and it's, you know, the Premier League season, 2008, 2009, or something. Like, here's how it all happened. And they'll show that. And he popped on the TV, and I went, get that fucking piece of shit off my TV right now. <laughs> <laughs> I so hate I was just like, oh. 
Yeah, my wife was just like, fucking hell, fine. And she says, why'd you hate him? And I said, because he manages Rangers. She was that the only reason? I said, yes. That's the only reason. Because I have to hate him. Gerard. It's in my blood. I have to hate him now. Yes. Now I have to hate him. So, yeah, and it was the same with the same with the Canadians. I like okay, what's what's a good team to pick? Who can I follow? Who can I get behind where they've got a really good rival? Right, Boston, Montreal, brilliant. Let's do it. And then for the past, I don't know, five years, it's been yeah. <sighs> all right. Okay, play Montreal tonight. Okay, no, no big deal. Whatever. We might win. We might lose. Okay, who cares? Then you know, you've had that goal. stolen from you. Yeah, I have. Yes, that's why I should hate them. Because <laughs> they've stolen your passion. I hate the, Cana- <laughs> I hate the Canadians because they've stolen my hatred. That's what's happened. See, there's always a way around it, Dan. Always a way around it. There's a way around it. How was it for you cheering on Spurs players at the World Cup that basically carried England? I think, like, yeah, the World Cup's a, a different kettle of fish. I still couldn't quite... Yeah, that's true. I don't like that Harry Kane's a captain. Why is Harry Kane the captain? Like, yeah. Who do you have not- as captain? Henderson? Yeah, probably Henderson. Like, I think Henderson's the only one who... Maybe Ashley Young, but no, I don't like Ashley Young. I think we should have played Danny Rose all tournament, personally. Like, as, oh, fuck it. as, as, much, right. as much stick as Sterling got for like his performances, and I was you know, thoroughly you know, piling on top of him, I thought Ashley Young was horrendous. I thought Sterling was the worst player by a mile. An absolute mile. I think he got better and as I... the tournament progressed, and and the reason I think his his bad performances stuck out was because he just couldn't finish. Like he was making decent runs, he was making good passes when he had the ball, but he was doing that thing time and time again where he took one too many touches, tried one too many things, couldn't get the ball on target. Like he just didn't do the important stuff. The problem was with the problem was with Sterling was that obviously before the fucking World Cup was at the press for some reason decided they hated him. And started out pointing at all this racist bait and bullshit, which was fucking insane. You know, like, oh, he's got a tattoo of a gun on his leg. I couldn't give a shit. And I, I sent a tweet back to somebody saying, I don't care if the if a player scores the winning goal for England at the World Cup and then face fucks his transgender boyfriend on the Open Top Bus Parade. I don't care. Do whatever the fuck you want. If you score the winning goal for England at the World Cup, I will do my. I will give you my fucking organs. I'll, I'll fucking melnick this bitch. I was going to say, Melnick's starting to play football right now. Yeah, I don't care. Get, I fucking have a, have a have a tattoo of a, of a gun on your face for all I fucking care. I don't give a shit. But, but then that's what happened. Is it because then that happened? Everyone who was like criticizing Sterling for his performances was like, "Oh, well, you fucking hate him then." I was like, "No, I don't." He, but he's just playing shit. <laughs> I would much rather have played Marcus Rashford because at least I know Marcus Rashford can finish. I, I, think I don't it... want to hear that Sterling's. I don't want to hear that Sterling's role isn't to score goals. If you're playing that high up the pitch, you should be able to score goals. And he's not scored for England for three years. And, and this is it. After the season he's had, he, he had a really good season for City. Like, yeah, he was he meant to be, he right, awesome. he's got his troubles behind him, he's now being the player that he's meant to be. Yeah. And arguably, going into the into the World Cup, he he's our creator on paper. You know, Kane's the one who's going to finish, but Sterling's probably, you know, he's had the best year apart from Kane. He's one of our best players. He's meant to be an integral part to the team having any success. And he just flopped. I know. I know. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, though, a lot of the players look... I mean, Henderson against Croatia looked absolutely dead. He looks absolutely knackered. And Harry Kane did as well. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it's... I don't know, again... 
don't know if it's the fucking, like you say, winter breaks and all that shit. Does it take a toll? I don't know. Because you look at Croatia, Luka Modric has played about 90 games this year, hasn't he? <laughs> Flying yeah. Real Madrid and Champions League final, you know, cup games, all that shit. I mean, how many games did he play? But, you know, he played a lot. Um, I wonder if it was the humidity because it, it looked horrible out there and it was meant to be a massive issue. And it's, you could see it. You could see it. Is that like first half an hour? I mean, Christ, we were all over them like white on rice. It was insane. And then we just—you could just see us getting more and more and more tight. Henderson just started just humping the ball forward, back to Pickford every five seconds, and you could just tell like, okay, we're done here. And if we—and I thought, I said to Sarah, I said, Christ, if we get to the final, we're going to get battered. Like, <laughs> if we get to the final and play France, we are going to get absolutely battered because we just look dead. Well, it, it happened in the Croatia game and in the Sweden game. Like both the Croatians and the Sweden sat back, let us come at them, and you know, sure, we went out, we went out ahead early, got got one early, and then come the second half, they're like, right, we still got the energy, let's start pushing back on them. It didn't work for the Swedes, but they were definitely outplaying us in the second half of that game. But it worked for the yeah. Croatians, and it's just how teams took advantage of us. And there's, it's no coincidence that both of those teams tried that tactic against us. Yeah, hey man, fucking a shout out to shout out to all of Croatia to 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 get that front what to get that front five or six from a nation of four million people is ridiculous. Players of that ability, if you can Perisic, Rebic, Rakitic, Modric, Mandzukic, and there's another one I've forgotten, but they are all fantastic players. And Modric is absolutely amazing. Oh, he's fantastic! Amazing. I've really started to appreciate him in this World Cup, like. Obviously, I've, uh, well, <laughs> even at Madrid, like I've, I've always known he's been a fantastic player, but I didn't realise he's one of those players. Hey, well, you know, all the best players you get lost in that Madrid team. This World Cup play for Tottenham. Um, what about Lloris? Lloris has been the Lloris has been the best Mbappe. keeper. There you go. Perfect. Lloris has been the best keeper. Modric has been the best midfielder. Trippier is one of the best defenders. Oh, mate. <laughs> That, that was the worst one because I've loved Trippier at this World Cup. I think he's been he's absolutely awesome. incredible. He's been fantastic. I thought he was our best player. Probably England's best player. I thought he was arguably. our best player. Yeah, I Part thought he was Pickford. fabulous. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Come, uh, come, come late August, I'm going to hate him and his silly little haircut and his silly little... Just him being silly and little, basically. Yeah, just him. Just him. Full stop. <laughs> so there we go. Football didn't come home in the end. Crushed again. Celavi. Celavi. Well, we'll see what happens at the next World Cup because it's going to be taking place in fucking. It's going to be taking place in winter, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be perfect. We'll be. Ah. We'll have no excuses. No, that's true. I'll be very interested. We'll have a summer off, and then a few weeks into the season, right off you go. November to December, get off to a, uh, get off to the desert. And yeah. Get on with it. It'd be nice in some ways because I feel like I've missed all of Wimbledon this year just because the World Cup's been on. Did you see that game yesterday? Well, the one that ended up like 22-23 or something. <laughs> it was like 28-26 in the fifth set. It's fucking insane. Because we were I'm we sure. were in a hotel yesterday and um, we got back from, I think it was after we got from swimming, but whatever it was, we got back up to the room and um, it was in the fifth set and it was like 9-8. I, I said to Grace, this is, this has gone on long, isn't it? It's crazy. And then just you know, went off and did some other stuff. <laughs> Only found out today it gone that much further. It's just <laughs> yeah. the forty games. Like what the fuck? I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I don't know how they're going to do it. But you know, like that year that um, 
they found out the Tour de France, like the top 25 riders were all cheats. Yeah. I'm convinced they're going to find out at some point with tennis that the top 20 players are all cheats. Because how can you play like that for six hours? And even um, Nadal and Federer, uh, Nadal and Djokovic, they finished their game today. <clears throat> so they played till 11 o'clock last night, came out again today, played for another like two hours or whatever. Their final set went 10 8. And then they've got to come. Then, then, then Djokovic, who won, and Anderson, who won the fucking six-hour game, are coming out tomorrow for the final. How? How are you not just lying in an ice bath like oh, I can't move? Help me, please! Someone check my medical bracelet. Like, how are you then getting up and playing for another three hours? I can, it's I can, ridiculous. I can barely do two hours of sport every week. I'll, I'll Dude, get an hour and a half in and think oh, maybe I'll just mail it in for the last half half an hour, but like. Yeah, that's that's too much. I know, and they do it all year. This is it. It's not like it was... they're just waiting for Wimbledon. They're going to go off on the ATPs. They're going to play in in France, in Australia, all around the world. America, yeah. Because I always laugh at like me and Sarah always joke about tennis season because it's always like February the twenty third. Ah, tennis season finishes March first. It's tennis season, yay! And I think God, these guys never get a break. It's always on. It's always on. And it's just. You know, again, like footballers play a lot of games, like all, all team sports, you can still like, yeah, okay, you can have a break. Like, you know, ice time. Oh my God, he played 30 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Did he play for six hours? No, he didn't. And then do it again the next day. <laughs> no, he didn't. How do they do it? And I'm sure that maybe there's this unwritten rule in tennis. Fuck it. If you want to cheat, just you can all cheat. At least you're all cheating. Then then the, just it's just who's the best cheater. Fine. Was like that with the with the baseball back in the day when everyone was roided up and just smashing home runs out of the park and you know around the moon and back. So like, that's fine. Just who's who's the best at cheating? Yeah, because if you're all if you're all taking the same stuff, then no one's cheating. Yeah, it's all it's, it's a level playing field. It just depends where where the level is. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Fucking hell! All right, let's get out of here. Jesus uh, Christ! Have we done hours. a? I was going to say, have we done a two-hour podcast in the middle of How? July? <laughs> I've got no idea. At some point, the news will slow down, and then I think we said after. Well, we said after the show last week, after we went off, that we'll make. We'll probably if there's, if it's a big news week, we'll do a show. If not, we'll probably do every couple of weeks, because uh, because I still need to talk to I still need to talk to you about hockey. I still need to talk with like somebody well about hockey, because like I'll just burst if I don't. So this is now my outlet. The, the closest thing we're going to have to a summer holiday is maybe one week in the middle of August where we don't do a podcast, <laughs> and that'll be that. Yeah. There'll just be trades breaking every week, at least one we have to cover. Anyway, <clears throat> let's get out of here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, normal stuff. Twitter, at Dan Straight Edge, at W-E-V-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. Hey, there we go. Yay. At 2 bits one puck uh, number two, number one. Uh, if you want to talk to us, get in touch. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. Uh, yeah cheers listening folks Will any last words um, I was thinking just a just a quick little thing there aren't any big yeah. college free agent names this year are there not to not to my knowledge at least we haven't got another uh... you know Jimmy VC or Will Butcher uh, whoever whoever it was before Kevin Hayes or whatever Kevin Hayes so, um, so that's another reason for, for summer to be a particularly slow one this year so um, we've got even less to look forward to than we normally do. It's going to be good. 
And with that dour note, everybody, we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Take it easy. Peace.